Hallelujah. You know, I've been teaching for a few weeks on uh, identification. Stay standing for just a moment. Identification and identity, who we are in Christ. And that's awesome. We have to have that revelation to live in victory. And we need that revelation. But I don't think that we should ever, ever minimize who he is. It's because of him that we are more than conquerors, isn't it? So let's just thank him one more time for who he is. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. We worship you. We honor you. We thank you for who you are. Our King of kings and our Lord of lords. We bless you, our risen Savior. The one who died for us and the one who raised again for us. We could never, ever magnify your name enough. But Lord, with all of our hearts tonight, we do exalt you and worship you for who you are. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, go ahead and be seated. Praise the Lord. Glad to see everybody here tonight. Um, you may not, we're not in the 11 a.m. service this morning, but we did mention and announce that we are going to be having a prayer service tonight. But I'm going to lay a foundation. We're going to be obviously looking at a few scriptures before we do. And uh, I already would kind of had that stirring a little bit. And then this morning in the service, pastor got to talking about righteousness and awake to righteousness. And it just came up on the inside of me that and when we know and understand who we are in Christ, it causes us to pray from a higher place. When you have the revelation that you are raised up and seated together with him in heavenly places, far above all principality and power, when you know that he has made you more than a conqueror, when you realize that, you know, there's power and authority in his name that's been given to you, then you don't approach the throne. You don't approach it with an unworthy consciousness. You don't pray begging God. Oh God, please, 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 please hear me. No, you go with confidence. And pastor also said this right out of his heart today. I don't think he's ever said it like this before. And I wrote it down as quick as I could. Those who know they are in right standing will experience the presence of God because they aren't afraid to draw near to the throne of God. So when you know you're in right standing with God, you aren't afraid to approach your loving heavenly father. You don't have this attitude that, ooh, he might be mad at me. He might not be in a good mood today. I better crawl in the back door of heaven and and just, you know, quite quickly and quietly ask for something and then get out of here. No, you listen to this again. Those who know they are in right standing will experience the presence of God. Did we experience the presence of God tonight in worship? Yes, we did. They'll experience the presence of God because they aren't afraid to draw near to the throne of God. 
So immediately I thought of this scripture and I know that they're quick and sharp up there and they'll follow me. This is in the New King James Version of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly. Hebrews 4.16. You all know it. Let us therefore come boldly to what? The throne of grace. And then pastor had that unction on him tonight to talk about we all have the grace of God in us. And on us, we get it from him. We're not saved by our own works. We're saved by grace. Hallelujah. And we come to that throne of grace. We draw near. Hallelujah. And what are we going to obtain? We're going to obtain mercy. We're going to find grace to help in time of need. Have you anybody ever been in a time of need? Have you ever needed mercy? Have you ever needed grace? Isn't it good to know this is the way that we come? He said we come boldly. And that boldness comes once again from knowing who we are in Christ. That revelation That we should pray for ourselves and for our family. That the eyes of the understanding would be flooded with light. That we would know what is our hope. What is our calling. This Sunday is Easter. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to get born again for the very first time. There's going to be people that maybe haven't been in church since last Easter that are going to recommit their lives to Christ. And you know, there are believers that need this understanding that God loves them. And the revelation of his mercy is extended toward them and his grace hallelujah is available so this is how we come we come boldly and we obtain mercy grace and help but did you know we can also pray that for others that others will have that revelation and tonight as we are praying when we pray for the lost does anybody know anyone that does not know jesus Wow, some of you must, all of your friends are saints and angels, I guess. Anybody know anybody that's not born again? Well, if they're sitting next to you, I can understand your reluctance. But we all work with people. Well, I don't. I don't work with people that aren't saved. I think most of our staff's born again. But anyhow... (laughs) You might work with somebody that's not born again. You might ride on BART next to somebody. You know, maybe somebody living in your house, one of your relatives is not born again. And when we go to pray for those that don't know the Lord, we stand on the side of mercy. Again, when Pastor said that this morning, it just went off in me, that scripture, that we may obtain mercy. Mercy, not just for us, but we cry out for mercy for those that we know. And even those we don't know mercy, God have mercy on them. They're not living the way they should be living. They're doing things that are opening the door to the attacks of the enemy. But Lord, your mercy, we stand on the side of mercy, not the side of judgment. Sin cries out for judgment. 
but compassion cries out for mercy. Lord, have mercy. Isn't that a Catholic prayer? Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. I went Catholic, but I know that they say that. But it's scriptural. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy, right? I mean, it's a good thing to pray. And the priest is going to sprinkle me down here. Love, the love of God compels us to pray for people outside the covenant. Love of God compels us to look at people not as a nuisance, not as annoying, not as dirty, rotten scoundrels, but to look at people like Jesus looks at people. Jesus died, not for the saints, because nobody was born again yet. Jesus died for the world. And God so loved the world, he gave us Jesus, his only begotten son. And Jesus so loved the world, he gave his all. I remember as a little kid, the picture of the cross in one of our Sunday school classrooms. Picture of the cross, Jesus hanging there. And we had a good little Sunday school teacher. T.L. Osborne's sister taught me Sunday school, and then she was our youth leader. And we'd look at that little picture. And I know this saying was popular, but it struck me as a kid. She said, this is how much Jesus loves you. He stretched out his arms as far as he could go and say, I love you that much. That's how he looks at the world. And that's how we're to look at the world when we take on his heart of compassion. Compassion. Compassion compelled Jesus to lay hands on the sick. Read it in the Gospels. How often it says he was moved with compassion. Healed the sick. Moved with compassion. Delivered people that were oppressed by the devil. Moved with compassion to feed the multitudes. Compassion. I love this definition I found years ago in an old dictionary. Compassion. Love with the desire to help. Isn't that good? Love. With the desire to help. He loved us. But he didn't stop there. He didn't just say I love you. I love you. I love you. You got yourself in this mess. So and if you can figure it out. Maybe I'll see you in heaven. No. Love with the desire to help. Is compassion. And that is what compels us to pray. And that is what motivates us to speak faith-filled words over people. When they're not acting lovely. When it doesn't seem like they're even interested in hearing the gospel, the good news. We should still be praying and saying faith-filled words. Because faith-filled words dominate the law of sin and death. 
Another verse that I got today during the service. You know, you ought to come to church. There's revelation knowledge flowing in this place. Ecclesiastics up there in the booth. It's again, New King James Version. Ecclesiastics 8.4. Where the word of a king is, there is what? There is power. Let's just stop right there for a minute. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Do you think that there is power in the words of those in authority in our nation? Do you think there's power in the words of our president? Well, you could go ask Syria. I think they found out this week that there are word, there's power in the words of our president. There's power in the words of a king and a ruler. And words are carried out with actions. How about us? Did you know that we're called to rule and to reign in life? Again today, pastor called us all kings. He said, look around and see those sat next to you with that crown on their head. Not a crown of thorns. We got crowns of righteousness. We're kings. We're priests. And we have the power to speak God's word. And our words contain life. And when we speak words, we ought to have faith in the words that we speak. Particularly when it's the the word. There's power in our words. That will dominate the law of sin and death. Now put that verse back up there because I saw something today in the the last half of that. Where the word of the king is, there is power. And who may say to him, what are you doing? What are you doing? There's a lot of people that don't think that their, their words have any power. They say, what are you doing? Confessing the word of God. What do you mean saying Jesus meets all of your needs? What do you mean saying you're healed when you're sick? I can see you got boogers. What do you mean? What are you doing hanging out with that name it and claim it bunch? What are you doing? There's nothing about positive confession. You're supposed to just say exactly what's going on. You're supposed to just talk about the problem. You're supposed to talk about how sick you are. And if your kids are acting like the devil, you're supposed to just say it like it is. They're going to hell. No, that's not what we're supposed to do. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And even if somebody doesn't believe it, we believe it because it's the word of God. If you believe it in, how do you do get saved? You believe it in your heart. You confessed it with your mouth. That's power in your words because you had faith in his word. There's a lot of people that believe in God. They even believe that Jesus maybe was the son of God, but that doesn't get a person saved. You can believe it, but what do you got to do? You got to act on it. Believe it and say it. This gospel 
that we preach is called the great confession. Confession of Jesus is Lord. Everybody lift your hand right now and say that with me. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. I'm not going to ask you what you're doing. I know what you're doing. You're confessing your faith in a faithful God. We believe his word. And we know that there's power and there's authority in speaking faith-filled words. What did God do when he created the world? He said, like be. He called everything that we see in this world. He spoke it into existence. So when we see people not living for God, we see our relatives maybe acting like the devil. We're not supposed to say what we see. We're supposed to speak what we believe. And we believe the power of the devil is broken off of their lives. We believe what God said in his word. This is his heart toward the lost. And that includes any of your friends or relatives. In 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. Again in the New King James it says this. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. 2 Peter 3 9. As some count slackness, but he is long suffering. Everybody ought to shout right there. That was the right one. That's good. He is long suffering. Aren't you glad? He's not willing that any should perish except those that are really, really bad. No, he's not willing that any should perish except drug dealers. No. He's not willing that any should perish except murderers. I'm not advocating drug addiction or murdering anybody. But the blood of Jesus will remove all sin. He's not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to what? To repentance. Hallelujah. He's done his part. He sent Jesus. Jesus came. He's provided the way of salvation. Our part is to receive and to pray for others that they would respond and they would receive the finished work of Christ and that they would come to repentance. Did you know that repentance is a gift? There are people that have just done, they even, they've just done things and done things and done things and their heart has become calloused and their conscience is seared over with a hot iron and they don't even think it's wrong anymore. But when you have a tender heart and you say something you shouldn't say or you do something you shouldn't do and and you feel that little on the inside, you know what? It's a gift. It's the Holy Spirit saying, you shouldn't have done that. He's giving you a check. He's saying, it's okay though. All you have to do, he's not willing any should perish, but that all should come under repentance. That's how you get saved. 
And that's how you get right back into right standing with him. If you do miss it and you get that little scratch on the inside, don't run to God. Run as fast as you can back and say, oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. I missed it. Thank you for the blood, the blood that cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for checking me on that, giving me that gift of repentance that my heart is still tender towards you. And it's not hardened. Thank you for giving me that sensitive heart. Hallelujah. You know, religion will lie to people and tell them that God is mad at them. And God is going to get you for that. He's setting up in heaven and he's got the biggest fly swatter you ever saw. And the first chance he gets, he's going to whack you with that. You little fly. No. Religion tells you that, but God's not mad at the sinner. Listen to this. No one will go to hell for what they've done. He's not willing that any should perish. No one will go to hell for what they've done only for rejecting his precious son. The only thing that sends anybody to hell is not receiving Jesus. But aren't you glad when people see him? That's what happened here today. It was so precious. I wasn't in the 9 a.m. service, but there was a young man received Jesus. The 11 a.m. service, some young ladies received the Lord. One, one young gal's never been in a Christian church, maybe once. But as pastor preached and she saw Jesus, she saw Jesus. For who he really is. And she's like, yes. Yes. I respond to that love. Yes. I want him as my savior. Anyone who really sees Jesus. I believe they're going to respond. They're going to respond. And that's how we're going to pray. We're going to pray. For receptive hearts. We're going to pray that bondages would be broken off of people's lives. That darkness would be removed. And those that have been invited and will be invited to this church. But not just our church. Every church that preaches the gospel. We need to be praying for all the churches here in the Bay Area that preach the gospel, that their their buildings will just be filled on Easter Sunday. And Jesus, Jesus will be lifted up and people will see him and respond, respond to him. And that our pastor and other pastors will have divine utterance. And that there will be a strong anointing upon the word and upon worship. Pray for Pastor Tom and the team that are are leading us in worship and singing beautiful, special music. For we know it is the anointing that destroys the yoke. And the anointing will be a present from the very beginning to the very end of the services. Because Jesus, 
Oh, Jesus was going to be exalted in this place. The Bible says, if I be lifted up, all men will be drawn unto me if he's lifted up. Hallelujah. So that's what we're going to do tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you all to stand. Praise you, Jesus.